Thanks for watching our podcast. Here at Spear Consulting, our services include business strategy and human resources consulting. In HR, we offer executive search, executive coaching, and work psychology consulting. Please visit us at spiritmco.com, where we fulfill our clients' dreams virtuously. Enjoy your show. Well, welcome back to the Leading Virtuously podcast. So excited to be able to have Angel Gutierrez on, on the uh, podcast today. Uh, Angel, who are you? My name is Angel Gutierrez, and I'm the Vice President of Institutional Advancement for Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Chicago. Thanks for having me. Excellent, excellent. So, um, so yeah, what, what problem do you solve in life? In so I have the wonderful job of connecting with people, telling our story, and raising money. So by connecting with people, that means businesses, corporations, board members, uh, the community at large, and then telling the wonderful story of all the great work that Catholic Charities does in both Cook and Lake County. Um, and then again, if you do that extremely well, uh, Chris, what I found out is that the money normally follows. And uh, over the course of the last um, 18 months, we've had um, many people who have opened their hearts and their wallets and purses to us. So. Absolutely. Well, well, thank you for sharing. So, Angel, how did you get to the leadership position that you're in today? So, you know, I have worked in the nonprofit sector for over 25 years, mm -hmm. of which I've probably spent, oh, probably 16 years in some type of executive management capacity. So I had been working as the vice president of community development and outreach services at Catholic Charities um, for like 11 years. And, and Chris, as you know, um, part of you can do a certain you can do a job for a while. And at so at, there comes a moment in time where you, you I had to keep learning and this wonderful opportunity of being able to merge our communications unit, our board relations and mission engagement unit and the development unit into one uh, was really appealing to me uh, because of some of the skills that I've acquired over time, right? The relationship building, whether it's with government, whether it's community leaders, uh, the ability to, you know, not be scared of the word no, right? I hear that often in my current role, right? You know, when, I, when I'm asking people for, um, for money, right? Um, but that job has uh, been, again, really instrumental. Um, I started my career, you know, like many, um, in an entry-level management job. Um, I remember I had a boss who took a liking to me said he wanted me to go to graduate school. So I went and I got my master's in public administration. Um, and then kind of that just opened up some really incredible doors um, for me. And, and I always tell people I'm truly blessed that I've had um, some people who have just guardian angels who have opened doors for me uh, to things that maybe I wouldn't have thought I would be able to do. So. Well, thank you for sharing. So if you could go back in, in time to coach that that young pup of angel that's you know just kind of like and just getting into the workforce uh what do you wish that your younger self would have known that you know today you know i think um you know i maybe i, I remember i was really hesitant about going back to graduate school right and 
And and now it's kind of the norm, right? You finish your BA and you go on to graduate school, right? And, and maybe I, I would have wished I would have done that maybe a little bit more. Um, you know, the other piece is maybe taking some uh, risk, but I don't necessarily know. Um, you know, I've had many opportunities to uh, to go work in different places. And, uh, right, you, you know, I think sometimes our, our my younger self maybe – got into that role where I had friends who were at the city who are either police officers fired, right? Those are kind of careers where you kind of stay on. And I kind of wanted a little bit of that stability. So maybe if I would have taken a little bit more of a risk, that would have, uh, that, 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 that would have led me to different places. But, but again, I can't complain. Uh, I, like I said, I've been afforded uh, many, many opportunities to do work and meet people. Um, you know, the work that I've done previously, you know, uh, took me to the White House, you know, to be honored by, 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 by the president and the, of the work that we did uh, at the local level, right? So I've um, been very fortunate to do that and work on policy issues that really affect the lives of everyday people has uh, been pretty powerful. So um, that, you know, I think the other piece is, right, you know, as, as, a, young, as, as a young Latino growing, you know, we never discuss money in our house, right? So the value of money. I think my young self would have liked, have appreciated having had that instilled in me maybe at a younger age. So I would have made maybe some better financial decisions, you know? Yeah, so so can you, just to, to clarify, what do you mean by that? So just, I, I think, you know, um, in my household, we never really talked about money. Right. You knew, uh, you know, mom and dad work, pay bills, send my uh, my sister and I to Catholic school. Um, and that was kind of the luxury. Right. You know, um, but we never sat down and talked about, you know, the nuts and bolts of the stock market. You know, mm. those types of things that I think that uh, my younger self would have really um, learned a great deal. Right. Mm. Back then to be able to do that. You know, we don't. It's it's just something. Even at even in the current role I have, right? We don't talk about um, philanthropy in our communities of color, right? The philanthropy that we talk about is right there. Is a where you can go to my house. There's always extra food, right? So that that's the way we interpret it, right? The helping of others, right? You know, you give them what you can. But when it came to money, money, right? In terms of how do you uh, truly impact? Uh, people at a much different level. You know, I learned that later in life. Hmm. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. It's it's funny that you know there's like these sayings that go around of like you know don't talk about money and don't talk about politics and don't talk about religion and yet, yeah and yet these are like some of the most important areas of life and uh, it is you know it's a really shame that that yeah I can I can definitely uh, agree that also in our household too, that it really wasn't kind of like a, a conversation to be had. And, and also even in school and growing up in a very affluent part that there wasn't a lot of opportunities to, to help kids to understand kind of like budgeting and, and investing and et cetera. And I, but uh, I do know that it does seem like, you know, with the explosion of the, of the internet um, which wasn't when, you know, when I was in high school and growing up, et cetera. Me neither. 
and with all these kids with all the all the applications and and mint and, and things like that that it just seems like you know that this this younger generation has got a a, a leg up on on some of the uh now the, the one thing that we bring to the table for that is that a because they're so used to this technology piece right you and i bring to the table that piece that says oh i'm going to be I, if it's if it looks too good then you and I know that it's probably too good to be true, right? So mm-hmm. there, there, we come into things with a little bit more skepticism, but also we do research in a very different way. Right, right. So the other thing that you said that I wanted to follow up on too, Angel, and uh, it coincides with your name, Angel, as you mentioned, like there was just some guardian angels that came into your life. You know, I think about for our younger audience uh, uh, and or maybe even mid-career individuals, that uh, like, how do you recognize that that someone like that there's a maybe like a divine appointment or that someone is entering into your life in in this season is is there to be able to open doors for you? So you you know it's always interesting, right? So I grew up in a very Puerto Rican household, very matriarchal, and uh, my grandma, um, by all other grandchildren's estimation, was mean. And just not warm and fuzzy. But I was the first grandson. I cared for her, right? So I had a very different relationship. Uh, maybe some would call it tough love, but it, even that, it was more affectionate with me. So having gone through that, right, you can tell when I started uh, at Catholic Charities, Dennis McSwain just took an immediate liking to me. And part of it was my work ethic, right? You know? I would work, er, get there early, work late, and I would get things done. If you give me an assignment, it would get done in a day or two, you know. Um, but also, as part of that, right, he would call me out when I made mistakes, right? Because he wa- that was part of the learning process, right? Um, you only can grow if you know that you make mistakes, right? And, and he allowed me that uh, ability to do that. Then his boss, Walter Owsley, was the gentleman that I mentioned who uh, – came to meet with me. I remember that. I was scared. Uh, his assistant, Georgia Grant, called and said, Mr. Owsley will be in your neighborhood. And he wants to talk to you. And I was like, what's Mr. Owsley want? Um, and he came, we talked, and he said, Angel, in a couple of years, he's like, I need you to work downtown with me. But in order to do that, you're going to have to go to graduate school, right? So, so, so we started that whole piece. And then the other gentleman that I met was uh, later in life. Uh, and, you know, all these wonderful opportunities that Dennis McSwain and Walter afforded me uh, in my career uh, led to how I moved to Colorado. Um, And I'm a firm believer that in life, you are given one opportunity to make a good impression, Mm. right? You, you get one, you get one real good shot at it. And we hosted a national conference for the first time in our national history, Catholic charities, USA, and the Catholic Health Association had a joint conference to celebrate 200 years of, of the ministry of the healing uh, work of Christ, right? The healing ministry of Christ. And I met a gentleman by the name of Kevin Lofton. Kevin Lofton at the time was the COO for the second largest Catholic health care system, Catholic Health Initiatives. Mm-hmm. And in that, I had a 10-minute conversation. And, 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 and at the time, I'll back up, I sat on the Committee for the Advancement of, of Racial Equality 
for Catholic Charities USA, and he was on the diversity council for the hospital association, right? So how do we get more people of color represented into leadership positions? And I had 10 minutes, 10 minutes because I was one of the co-chairs of this conference. So my job was being what Chicagoans are known for, right? Being a great host, right? So mm -hmm. my grandma, you came to my house, I'd be attentive to you. You know, your water's halfway, it'd be full. You know, oh, eat a little bit more, even though, oh, I'm full. No, you can have a little bit more, right? Um, I had 10-minute conversation. Two months later, I get an email, and the email was, Angel, it was so great to meet with you. Sorry, our time was short. But I was wondering if there would ever, if you would consider ever another opportunity. And I went through that process, and I, uh, the process took me originally on a job interview to Albuquerque, New Mexico, mm -hmm. uh, and then to Denver, Colorado. So, wow. So, so yeah. So, kind of like to to summarize what you said. I think that you know one of the adages that came to mind for for better or for worse is like one of the the worst things that you can run into is when you don't when you stop hearing from your boss. That's a really bad place to be. Yep. <laughs> so the counter of that is if your boss is in your grill and basically giving you feedback and coaching, that's a great place to be because they're taking their time away from other priorities to invest in you, to, to grow you and to groom you to higher levels of operations. So, so yeah, I just ultimately kind of like, as you were answering that, like, you know, when you can recognize guardian angels that are, that are invested in seeing you to be able to grow is when they are helping share feedback and when they're entering into conflict management and, and helping you to see a, a, a better version of yourselves and, and how it operates. Uh, or even if you think about this, my, uh, so I got recruited to come back by Dennis, who wanted to retire at the time, right? I was gone for four years. And even during that time, right? I remember he had, while I was gone for four years in Colorado, he hadn't taken a vacation. Hmm. So he decided he, he got me, he convinced me to come back to Chicago. I came back to help him do what he needed to do. And uh, he took a three week vacation, went to Brazil. And I remember when he came back, all he did was he, he didn't talk to me. He, I, I gave him a full report, you know, did what I did, you know, to, to, gave him a complete analysis, uh, finance, everything that had happened while he was gone. But what he did was he spent his time making calls to the other executives in the building, right? Because I was, he had elevated, he said, all right, well, I'm gone. You're in charge of everything. So you have questions, you go see these folks. And he called to, me, to see how I handled, right? If I handled the pressure. And then I remember he came to my office. It was in January. And Dennis is a very serious man who had told me many times that he was going to retire. And I just said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that. I've heard that for the last 10 years, you're going to retire. So it was a Friday. He closed the door. So that's why I knew there was some, he closed my door and he said, I'm out of here. And he, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I continued to work on my thing. And then he, he grabbed this piece of paper and put it on my desk. And it was his retirement paper signed. Wow. And I was like, oh. wow. Right. But he then, and he left it. And then he called me because he knew I'd still be in the office at six o'clock, right? I was just like, what does this mean, right? I knew what it <laughs> meant, but I, and he called and he said, listen, 
I went away and I know that I told you that it would take, I wanted I would be here for you for three years. He's like, but the pupil has surpassed the master, mm -hmm. the teacher. And you are so much further ahead in your development career than I was in my career. And you are ready. You don't need, he's like, you don't need me. You don't need me. And, you know, I think sometimes we, we do things, right? When I left to Colorado, I left because I said, you know, the gentleman, the people, the people in my world aren't leaving anytime soon. And I still need to grow, right? I want to still learn. I want to make sure that I could run my own shop, right? I could run my own nonprofit. And I went and I did that successfully. Um, but to hear him come back and say, hey, he's like, what you learned and what you did, you're ready to roll. And, and, you know, we, you know, over the course of my 11 years, you know, some of the work that uh, I'm pretty happy about, you know, we, we managed over $800 million without a audit finding. And as you know, Chris, that's, that's pretty, uh, pretty good, you know, in terms of making sure that uh, you're crossing all your T's and dotting all your I's. Uh, but I was able to write ahead that confidence. It was that that extra confidence who said, you know, you've come, you've arrived, mm -hmm. you know, you're the guy in charge, you've figured out what you need to do, you set your course, and, and that's the beauty, I think, of the jobs that I've had, and that I've had that ability to be able to do that, you know? Now, a word from our sponsors. Have you been feeling unfulfilled? One of the best ways to experience joy is by caring for the homeless. A charity that I've grown to love River of Light, food rescues a million meals per year for the needy in Chicago. Imagine how that make you feel knowing that you're helping feed homeless children and veterans. To make a tax-deductible donation, please visit riveroflightchicago.org. Again, that URL is riveroflightchicago.org. No one should go to bed hungry. Excellent. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing more and uh, yeah, that's a beautiful story too of of seeing seeing feeling like that moment in time when when you've been working so hard to be able to get to a certain level and to have it be that pointed thing too of a of a, a you know boss that's literally moving on so that you can step into that that's exciting yeah. too so uh, you know the the topic of of the show Angel is is about business and virtue and you know as we were talking offline uh, in today's political climate and throughout the world, we see a lot of uh, people that aren't acting with virtue yeah. and, and the world is, is ready to that. It is ready for leaders that, that uh, uh, lead with integrity and values and ethics. So, so for you and yourself, uh, where have you seen that, that you know, leading with virtue has uh, been able to allow you to excel in your, own, in your own career? You know, like I said, I grew up in a very traditional Puerto Rican household. And um, was very fortunate that, you know, my parents, uh, when they came from Puerto Rico, um, you know, they didn't come with much education, but they knew the value of education, right? And they knew that their hard work, um, they wanted a better life for me and my sister. So, again, I think the, the first part of my virtue really was instilled at home, right? That work ethic, the hard work, um, the ability to um, help people right? We helped each other, right? So, so that's one of those things initially that happened. And then I went to Catholic school, uh, fortunate. And then you, 
you're instilled in 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 that type of uh, theological or religious uh, education component that 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 you start to learn right that, that there's more to life than just me right there's more to life um, in, in helping others and and that's literally what I've made my career you know for 25 years I've worked in the nonprofit sector um, I've worked all but 18 months of my adult life for Mother Church I call it. Um, in a wide variety of different capacities and roles. Um, and it's the place that I find to be home because I think that the work that we're doing uh, in the time, you know, it's I, I've been fortunate that I've seen um, two full decades um, and we're entering the third decade of, of, of work that I've been able to witness and or participate in helping. And each of those decades comes with... Um, with its own set of challenges, both politically, like you say, religiously, uh, economically, globally. But the one constant has been our mission, right? To, uh, in any place that I've gone, any place that I've worked, even for those 18 months, the organization that I ran, you know, the one question that we always ask is, how may I help you? You know, and how may I help you does not uh, mean children, it means everybody, right? It, it's 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 that uh, that universal love, right, for um, the world that we live in, and 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 trying to leave it in a much better place. And and I find myself in my particular career, right. I um, have been given many opportunities and afforded a lot of, of unique things, and it's my job to to kind of help that next generation, but also to um, fundamentally challenge the system when it's not working, when it's not working for everyday people, um, but also to um, get people who have means um, to, to sometimes the other side of the equation, right? And trying to find those things that are, that tug their heart, you know, the things that they're passionate about. Um, so, so, so it's been, it's, so it's been, so it's been my lifelong journey this issue with virtue and and it has it a very important place in the workplace and especially as you would imagine in a catholic institution like the one that i work in. sure so so and maybe people in in our audience aren't familiar with the uh the work that you guys do at at uh catholic charities because you maybe speak to a little bit of 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 like the impact that you guys are making, and then also why that fulfills you personally. Because I think the other thing is that, you know, there's going to be a, a many different uh, people that that will uh, be in our audience, you know, is made up of, of for-profit corporate executives that have, sure. that, you know, working for a nonprofit or even on a nonprofit board might be, they've never had that experience. So, so I think, you know, your testimonial about, you know, both the impact and how it personally fulfills you and why you've chosen this career space, I think is. is so, so, so Catholic Charity serves as the social service arm of the Roman Catholic Church in the Archdiocese of Chicago. We serve Lake County to the north, to the, to the border of Wisconsin, all the way to Cook County to the, to, to the southern and eastern border of Indiana. Right. Uh, um, and we provide service in a wide array of services. We I often talk about it. You know, we provide 
services in the continuum from cradle to grave. So we serve seniors, we serve veterans, we serve the homeless. We provide children's services. We provide behavioral health and mental health services. We provide adult enrichment for seniors in our adult daycares, right? Uh, during this pandemic, right, we've seen an influx of people needing basic human needs, such as food, you know, such as rental assistance, you know, the... I was reading a report the other day. The number of people who have, uh, of cases who, of people who have uh, increased, who have acknowledged that they have depression in their lives, is like over 535,000 Americans, if you think about that. Wow. During this time, since, since January to September, uh, a, a report that was on NBC the other day. Um, we have seen, and, and, and I think that's, the beauty of the work that we do, you ask for a testimony, is that we see everybody from all walks of life. We meet people where they're at. So we have people during this pandemic who never thought in their wildest dreams would ever be in line for assistance, right? Mm -hmm. That they had a plan. They had everything lined up. But the minute that things start to close up, it changes the narrative to things. Right. And I think like I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, I've always been impressed by our work in that a we serve everyone, regardless of your religion, your race, your creed, your gender, you know, your sexual orientation. We serve everyone because the only thing that we care about is how may I help you? Right. How may I help you on this particular day? And once we do, once we meet that basic need of what they're coming for. Then we begin that relationship to try to get them back to where they need to be. So that's the type of impact that we do. Uh, we have so many great people who work on the front lines day in and day out, um, meeting people, you know, where they're at, right? Uh, whether it's in one of our daycares in the classroom, right? Whether it's picking up someone who's homeless off the street. And taking them to a shelter, whether it is playing bingo or having a dance, doing the cha-cha at one of our senior residence places, right? The ability to do that or the ability of when corporations come in, you know, during the holidays, wanting to do um, some wonderful work, you know, so whether it's, it's feeding, providing senior meals to our seniors who live in our beautiful senior buildings. Um, providing gifts for the children who come to our services. And Angel, remind me again, what's the, what's the uh, annual funding or total revenue for Catholic Charities? Over $200 million. Wow. So, so why do you, I mean, you talked about all these great services that you guys offer in the nonprofit. Why do you personally care about people? Again, it, it, it is where, um, uh, You know, we all come to this world with gifts and experiences, right? So my life work has been that. And um, I remember 1986, the first time that I was at Quigley Seminary South in the audience for freshman orientation. And Father John Klein went up to the uh, pulpit at the time in the chapel and said, 
Welcome to the Dream Factory. Hmm. Welcome to the Dream Factory, where you can dream to be anything that you want to be. And that's where I learned, really. Um, I had mentioned, you know, right, the stuff you learn at home, but that is where service was kind of instilled, right? Whether I was wrestling, right? So I had to do my part to win my match so that we could win as a team, right? Baseball, right? Someone hit a ball to the, to the left field gap. It was my job to catch it and or to cut it off, hit the cutoff, man, right? So, so you start to learn, learn in life that things are more than just ourselves. And for me, that is personal, right? The ability to share my gifts, my talent, my treasure with those in need, right? Um, the, there, there's a quote, and I think, uh, you know, for, for he or she who has been given much, much is expected, right? And, and I truly, truly believe that, that um, that's my job. and the. And because I do have this this nice uh, skills of administrative, but also business, that I'm able to blend those things together, right? To make sure that a we continue to be that two hundred million dollar organization, mm-hmm. that we continue to have systems in place that make us accountable, that people trust, right? Uh, in, in making investments and sending their their uh, loved ones. To, for us to care for them, right? So, so I, I prided myself over the course of the last 25 years of that ability to be able to do that. Um, and again, that's really important to me. And that's something that a value that I'm instilling in my two and four year, mm-hmm. you know, as we move forward. Well, thank you for making the world a better place. And how can people get a hold of you and the work that you guys are doing at Catholic Charities? You know, if you want to visit, uh, visit our website at www catholiccharities.net or you can also email me at a gutierrez g-u-t-i-e-r-r-e-z at catholiccharities.net or call me at 312-655-7508 awesome well thank you so much for sharing about the work that you're doing angel and your lifelong passion for uh serving others it's quite an inspiration and uh really enjoyed uh the the podcast today and and you serving as a guest. So really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me and have a wonderful day. (laughs) You too. Take care. Hey, Chris here. Hope you enjoyed the episode where we discussed all things going bald. (laughs) Just joking. The leading virtuously podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and the podcast, will you please subscribe on YouTube or Apple podcasts or Spotify Or you could also share it with a friend. That would be tubular. I hope you have an awesome day.